Okay, let's go. Hey everybody, this is Josh. And this is Shay. And welcome to the Creator Podcast. Today we are thrilled to be at Paulina Brand's house. She is the writer and creator of the Bohemian Peach Cookbook, Taste of Home. And we just want to say thank you for letting us into your beautiful, beautiful house and uh, taking the time to talk about your new cookbook. Well, Josh, thank you so much for having me, you guys. Um, it's Saturday, we're just <laughs> sitting here and having a good time, and this is really awesome. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited, and I have to say that I'm super jealous. Like, it's super not fair that I am not there. I wish I was there, but, um, you know, I can't wait to start talking to you about, like, everything you do. Growing up, did you know that, you know, exactly what you wanted to do? Did you know you'd be in the creative space? And for our listeners, you know, she's a stylist, she's a chef, she's a makeup artist, she does a whole lot of stuff. She literally does it all. She creates tablescapes <laughs> and I mean, her house is gorgeous. We're going to put up some photos of her house. We went through it earlier and I mean, everything you do just has the style and this um, bohemian feel to it. Thank you very much. I, I, uh, growing up, I always was um, styling stuff. I always had just urgency, like I had to do something. And my, um, my dad uh, painted, my brother is a painter and also a chef. So my whole family cooks, everybody's very creative in my family. So we, I think that's just in me, you know, genetically, I just can't help it. <laughs> and I can't sit still. And I see beauty in everything. So I always try to stage and decorate and do a lot of uh, creative things for sure. Yeah, I enjoy it very much. So did did you start off as a stylist or like, give us a little bit of background of like, cause this is your first cookbook, correct? That is correct, that is okay. correct, yes. I'm so um, I started as a makeup artist and hairstylist. Um, I uh, went to Vienna and I um, worked for Makeup Forever for two years in Austria and did some training there for makeup because I always, I was always a creator, I was always an artist and I knew this is what I'm gonna do. So I started as a makeup artist and we actually worked together with Josh on many photo shoots yes. um, in previous years. And um, I enjoyed doing makeup and hair and styling as well, styling clothes, uh, clothing for people for photo shoots. So, uh, I started as, uh, as a makeup artist, but then pandemic hit and uh, I had to reinvent myself because all my jobs kind of went away, unfortunately, because um, I was touching people, right? Yes. And, um, so unfortunately everything <laughs> was gone. But then um, then I, I, I was just sitting at home and thinking, what can I do? What can I do that sets my soul on fire? Oh, that I love that. That, that, that. that I can actually inspire myself. I can inspire other people. And then it hit me. And I was thinking, you know what? I have such a passion for food. Not passion, obsession. <laughs> I would call it an obsession because <laughs> I cook every day, you know, and coming from family that, and especially Czech Republic where everybody cooks, and my family, whole family cooked and they're all chefs and, and cooks. And so 
it was always something that I did and um, you know wanted to wanted to do. Uh, since I was 20 years old, I thought I'm gonna have a little coffee shop or coffee slash lunch restaurant and um, and so I um, that was always my passion. Food was always my passion. I was thinking, you know what I can I can probably start doing something. And then my friend Tim Glover, who worked with me, um, love it on this book, uh, approached me in last May and said, Paulina, we're not doing anything. We're just sitting at home. Why don't we do a little bit of um, food styling? Because I've been seeing your pictures on Instagram and social media, and you know, I always have to brag about it. So, <laughs> so he said, so why don't you, why don't you uh, shoot with me and, and maybe you can expand your portfolio and become a food styler. You don't have to touch people. And I was like, wow, this is incredible because I love to cook and I've been doing photo shoots and commercials for 20, over 20 years. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? This is actually um, an amazing idea. So that day when he came over, um, I was whipping food left and right <laughs> and we did so many things. And, um, and by the end of the day, we're sitting here and I'm looking all the pictures on his camera and I'm thinking, this is incredible. They're so beautiful. And then it hit me and I was like, you know, friends and family, they've been always asking me, why don't you uh, why don't you share this recipe yeah. with me? I want to know what's in it. How did you do it? And I got tired of explaining and writing it down. And then it just hit me. I'm sitting and I'm thinking, I need to do a cookbook. I just need to create something, you know, yeah. because um, I love uh, to cook and I love photography and I could do some of the photography yeah. myself and then Tim will help me. And so we got this idea about creating the book together. It was funny when we worked on set and you would always bring little dishes with you and they were <laughs> always put together so beautifully. And I remember models asking, how do you make this? Yes. Like, what is this? And they would ask her like literally like for the recipe why she's putting makeup on them. <laughs> Um, yes, it was I talk a lot, of, uh, a lot about food, and if I'm not <laughs> eating, I'm talking about it, and if I'm not talking about it, I'm cooking, yeah. it's always something about food, yes. <laughs> well, we are so happy, I mean, and when you, whenever you see this book, the styling, the, I mean, the spring photo shoot where you have the mushrooms that you gathered, and the tablescapes with the the antlers and just the way that you style everything, it kind of brings to me, your book kind of is like half Southern, half European. Is yes. that like? Yes, I, I try to, well, let me explain. The Bohemian Peach, the, the name of the book is by Bohemia. A lot of people don't know. They know Bohemian, but they don't know exactly where it is. Yeah, and it's I the don't. Czech Republic. Really? Yes. Um, Bohemia is the Czech Republic. Uh, uh, Czech Republic is divided into two parts, the Moravian part and the Bohemian part. That's where Prague is. So I'm Bohemian and the peach is because I'm a Southern peach now and I've been here for for uh, 16 years. Oh, wow. Has it been that long? Yes. So it's a fusion of recipes that they are, um, you know, influenced by, by Czech and by Southern uh, cuisine and Actually, it's very cosmopolitan because I've been traveling my whole life. Yeah. Uh, right. Before I had children, I lived in Malaysia, I lived in uh, Brazil for a year, I traveled to Indonesia, all over Europe. 
So I collected all those ideas or recipes um, and over the years I tweaked them or did something to them. And so this book is really a fusion of all kinds of things um, combined together. And, but I have to say that um, recipes that are included in this book are mostly classic recipes, but the twist. Because okay. I, I didn't want this book to be intimidating. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not a trained chef. And I'm not trying to teach people how to do food, how to yeah. create food, uh, you know, fancy food or something that, that you see that chefs it's, create and you're yeah, like, I can never do this. It's a, you yes, have to go yes. special shopping for it. I wanted you to be a little bit familiar. Like you already had the dish, for example, chicken parmesan, and you you're like you're like, you know what? I I know this dish, I had it before, but I don't really know how to yeah. make it, you know, or or never have done it before. So everything has a little bit of twist. Um, and, uh, you know, that's what the book is about. Yeah. It's just the fusion of different recipes and both um, cuisine. Yeah, but the book really encapsulates, I mean, I've known Paula, Paulina for many years and it just really encaptures you and your spirit and your essence of this ease, this European ease but always has that even like Latin twist to it, or like you'll put a little more spice here. You'll use something that I've never even heard of before, once in a blue moon, but it introduces you to a new palette, a new way of looking at food for me, especially. And I just love the styling, I really do. Through the whole book, it's this very um, clean, but I don't even know how to explain it. It's like clean and messy all together. Yeah, and like, it's bohemian. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paulina, I wanted to backtrack a little bit. Um, so, you know, people talk a lot about the Bohemian style. So when they say this Bohemian style, since you come from there, is it depicted accurately? It's almost got like a gypsy feel. Is it something that's been Americanized or is it really true to what it truly is, the roots of it? You know what? I don't see Bohemia, Czech Republic to be that way. I think they just made it into that style. They're kind of a gypsy, yeah. uh, free, free style. And it has a specific look, specific style to it, but I don't think it has anything to do with the original Bohemian, um, you know. Uh, yeah, culture or yeah. yeah that's, right. really, yeah. that's really interesting because um, your style is so diverse and eclectic like Josh said so how do you feel that growing up in Czech Republic has influenced like your food or your styling your makeup or just how you see um, the world and how you express that creativity create creatively <laughs> yes yes so when I was growing up uh, we had a little cottage house in the woods so every weekend we would go there and it would be my mom, my dad, my grandparents, my brother, my cousin, and we would all gather at that little tiny cottage house and literally just live in the woods and uh, for the weekend. And a lot of people in the Czech Republic, they have um, either a small house, an apartment in a city, and then they on the weekends, yeah. they go out to, cabin to, or... to the cabin or cottage house. And... I think that influenced me the most is the being part of a, a family and mm. nature 
and being outdoors and making bonfires and and uh, everything is kind of just not not too not too um, it's simplified yeah it's simplified. it's simplified you don't have to worry about the city life and exactly exactly yeah. you go there to rest to re rejuvenate to to connect with nature yes. and your family you know that's the whole purpose of this book is to connect it's a connection with nature with loved ones that you have and i think the food is the most essential part of it because we all gather at a table mm. you know we all that's where sh uh, stories are shared that's where families by the end of the day they you know they they share laughter and they they create beautiful meals so i think the food really connects people and um brings them together you know yeah because you can definitely see that nature is a big part of your aesthetic which is absolutely beautiful because it gives a very natural and grounded feeling but i guess the european influence also takes it to that next level of style and you know a classy kind of design um did you go to school for any of the stuff like for styling for makeup or culinary not at all not at all wow. um, all I learned is, is from my parents to actually cook and my grandparents, uh, what I've seen and uh, always have passion for, for cooking, you know, so, and, and makeup, as I said, as I mentioned before, I was, um, I was doing training at Makeup Forever, which is from, from Paris. Um, it's a professional makeup line. And that's where I had my, um, my training. I went to Austria also to study German and university. So there is nothing, there is no culinary background. There is no training to be a chef or anything like that. I did take a little, um, a little class, little cooking school in Tuscany one time, but that's about it, you know? <laughs> I just, just love food. I just love food. But Josh, you see, that goes to show for like creators, people always sometimes feel like they have to go to school to pursue a passion or something they love. But she's like a prime example of the fact that you don't necessarily have to do that. Like your passion can speak for yourself and take you to places you don't even imagine. Yeah, I think a lot of people can, you know, you can teach anybody anything, right? But unless you have a passion about right. it, you don't have that heart that's in it. Like, I really believe that, like, when I've ate your food before, I can feel the love and the passion and the energy. The yes. I can feel your spirit in there. And I, I grew up, you know, sitting at the table every day. My mom cooked five days a week. And yeah. I will never forget those times we had no TV. You sat and talked and, you know, my friends. Talk to each other. Yeah, you talked yeah. to each other. And it was like, you know, I mean, it's a miracle. I don't know how she did it, but <laughs> and I don't know how any mother do does it, that. Yes. Yeah. It is a protection. I have to say, you know, you really have to love food. You really yeah. have to love, because this is how I express my love. That's exactly, you know? my mom said the same thing. Yeah. So this is how you express love. I care for you. I yeah, care I care for you because it's not just the cooking. It's not just putting uh, food on a table. It's going to the supermarket. It's it's creating a meal. It's to think about it to, to you know to clean afterwards even yeah. you know. So it's a whole protection. Um, um, how to you know? It's really a passion and it's really a labor of love. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's so funny. I gotta ask you. Do okay. So like, 
my mom has certain dishes that always go together and people used to call up and be like, hey, what's your mom cooking? Because like she would make certain things. Do you put things together in the book like that for people so they can be like, okay, this kind of goes with that? Because some meals, you know, like this salad goes with this dish because mm -hmm. of these ingredients. Do you? I do, you know, this book is divided into seasons because um, it's not just a recipe book. It's not another cookbook that you put on a shelf. This is a storytelling book. Um, it's divided into season on purpose. And the purpose is because there's lots of stories uh, when I was growing up about my boys, about my background. Um, so I divided it into four seasons starting this spring. And the reason for that is because spring to me is hope, you know, yeah. and everything starts fresh and new. And we always have another chance, right? <laughs> yes. To do it again <laughs> and try again even harder. Can't so, yes, so I started this book with season and with spring, and it goes into this kind of a, it's a harmony, I call it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a spectrum of different things that they go together and have a nice flow. And so the spring brings you to fresh vegetables mm -hmm. and quiche and potato salad and stuff that it's, uh, you know, that it's very springy, there's yeah. lamb chops and you know, and then there is a story about the spring, and there is um, also lots of um, uh, lots of herbs that yeah. you can use. There's medicinal herbs. There is um, there's um, medicinal plants or edible plants that you could grow, and you don't even need big garden. You can grow them on your patio or balcony. So, this book is really, I want I want it to be so simple, and I want it to be for everybody. If yeah. you live in New York and you have a little balcony, yeah. you know, you can yeah. grow little herbs. Uh, uh, you could, you could, you could go to the park. There's, for example, a section with elderberry, because I grew up in a country where there's lots of elderberry, um, elderflower, and you can make syrups, you can make mojitos, you can right. make all kinds of stuff. And you really have to, all you have to do is just wait for May or June, whenever it's blooming and you go and you go to the park and you get it yourself, you know? So this book is on a budget. It's something <laughs> that you can use that you already have. It's existing in your house. You can decorate with your scarves or you can decorate with stuff that you find around. You go to Goodwill, yeah. you know? You pick it up anywhere. Well, it's so funny that you're bringing that up because Shay and I, when we were looking over the book before the interview, Shay was like, man, she's resourceful. Like, <laughs> yes. just in your book, it teaches, like, Shay, you were talking about how she's resourceful and yeah. how she has, um, and how it wasn't intimidating to look at these um, recipes. It wasn't like uh, a French culinary book where you're like, oh my God, I have none of this. Right. It's very right. practical. It's like, it's a use, it's like there's some things that you get that just, like you said, look pretty on a bookshelf. And then you have to like kind of muster the courage and say, okay, I'm going to pull out that cookbook. I know it's a lot of work. I'm going to mentally prepare myself. But your book is very a part of your life. And I think that's very different from most cookbooks because it's something that's practical that you can use daily. It's not something intimidating. So that was the whole purpose of this book, um, you know, because I'm a mom. Uh, I live in suburbia, and I was I was really feeling um, kind of stuck, you know, being at home. And I'm thinking about all the moms and dads that are stuck at home, 
and they want simple. They, you know, they can't afford to go and get new stuff and setting up the tables with new stuff and, and buying all that. I wanted to inspire people that they can find stuff in their backyard, you know, yeah. for example, decorating the spring table with moss yeah. or ferns. And you could go and have a picnic in the park or in the woods and just create a beautiful little setting with the kids and run into the forest and pick up some, you know, fun <laughs> stuff and, and decorate. So this is why I love Paulina. She makes everything beautiful. Like, literally, <laughs> she's like, she can go around and spread her beauty everywhere. And she's just like, oh no, this is perfect. We'll just make it work. Yeah. We'll make yes, this yes, work, Jess. We'll I'm not taking you on a photo shoot. She's like, no, no, this is fine. This That's is fine. fine. We'll I'm like, it. I'm we'll looking at it, it like, uh-uh, we're not shooting here. She's like, no, no, <laughs> let me clean it up. And she makes it look beautiful. You really do. You're, you're very good at taking what you have and being very resourceful with it. Right. And um, that's part of the energy that you bring that I love with, throughout this whole book. That's and true. So do I you love how up front cover you have this, but just the little details, how you have the back and it's the back of you holding right. flowers. I think it's just a cool little touch that I was, I was like, here's two different angles. I just, I love the book. I love the styling. Do you see a major difference? Because um, I grew up in Zimbabwe. So the culture around food is different um, than it is here, right? So for instance, um, there are many families, especially in the countryside, when they served food, they would serve food like the meat would be in one bowl. The sadza is the traditional food we eat would be in another bowl. The vegetables be in another bowl and people would eat together. Of course, this is, you know, pre-COVID, right? So everyone would eat together. Then like, if you go more into the city, um, it would be served on plates like, you know, people do most places around the world. Um, but eating was a big part of the family or of the day. It was a big deal. So for instance, um, in our culture, you don't eat in front of other people um, and not offer food. So that makes me wonder, like, what is the culture of food or surrounding food in the Czech Republic, maybe in comparison to the US, for instance? So actually, I would like to start with when I was in Czech Republic, I was pregnant and uh, my older son, Nikki, was there with me. And I put him in a kindergarten just for the part when I was there and um, delivering. And so he was in kindergarten and I picked him up over lunchtime. And I have to say, I was blown away when I saw what they were serving there, mm. you know, at the kindergarten. It's just a little tiny school. They were serving a piece of salmon wow. with a melange of vegetables or vegetable medley. Yeah. And then it was like this beautifully styled with little scalloped potatoes. <laughs> and like I'm thinking food. to myself, are you kidding me? Yeah. So the society, mm. you know, you growing up already seeing this, being introduced to good yeah. food, to have this foundation when you, you know, when you're a little kid. This relationship with food, right? right. Relationship with right. it. And, yeah. and, and the respect for food and your right. body, you know? Yeah. So they already in are serving that kind of food. And then I went to Nikki's school here 
for birthday and I see this lunch that they serve and they have those cold chicken nuggets that they were not even real. No, but like a horrible. spoonful of cold corn and a, a, a dry burger with a pat, you know, patty and, and the bun. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, no wonder that people yeah. have a different relationship with food here, you know? It all starts when you're growing up. And a lot of people, the culture in Czech Republic is that a lot of people cook, yeah. like most of the time. They don't go out as much. Um, so that's the different culture here, you know, and, and in Czech. And plus families see each other on a daily basis sometimes, you know. And that's the same in Zimbabwe. Um, we didn't go out to eat much except for a special occasion. It had to be a birthday or it was a treat. So cooking every day was a part of um, the lifestyle, the, yeah. the culture. And like you were talking about having vegetables and stuff, like every family I knew had vegetables in their backyard. So they would pick the whatever tomatoes from the back before, you know, when they're preparing dinner. So that's, you know, pretty interesting. And speaking of which, um, the whole point you made about your son's school, I think I always talk about Anthony Bourdain because I love Anthony Bourdain, but he had an episode where he went to, I think, was it a school in Paris? I mean, in France or Germany where they were serving kids gourmet food. Did you see that episode? I think it was his. And yeah. to your point, it teaches kids at a young age to appreciate and respect food and their bodies. Yeah. It's kind of sad that, I mean, I grew up on 100% American, so I was happy for pizza day. <laughs> pizza, and you got a little jello well, with it. And listen, I will still love it. I still love that square pizza. And the tater tots, I will always love tater tots. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> we have a new guest with us now. We took a little break, and uh, Louis decided to join us. So I got a nice lap dog. Um, but we were talking about the food in the schools and stuff like that. And Shay wanted to ask a follow-up question to that. How important do you think it is to carve out time um, to sit at the table with, you know, family? Because everyone, like you said before, everyone's so busy and people eat at different times. Sometimes people just grab a quick snack and they're going. And, you know, in today's world, people don't really sit down and enjoy meals like you did when you were growing up and most of us did. Um, it is definitely a different time now with all the technology and the kids being always under, uh, you know, iPads and phones, playing games. It's hard to take them away from that, but um, we try to eat together when I cook um, once a day. It never, you know, it, sometimes it doesn't happen, but it's okay. But um, uh, I have also lots of friends that they come um all the time and join me here the door is always open so uh, i really try to connect you know, mm. you know with people and invite them for for food for dinners for lunches and and even if the kids don't sit with me they see how important it is you know and yeah. there's lots of great conversations great laughter and, um, you know, we try to all kind of connect, you know, and um, especially now during COVID, oh, it's yeah. been very hard to connect with people. And, uh, but I still kind of managed to see some of my friends once in a while oh. and, and just create some beautiful meals. Do you ever, like, uh, let's say the kids are gone and it's just you. I mean, do you ever just order and do you still cook for yourself? 
not as much. Not okay. as much I anymore. Like, I myself, yeah, not as like... much because I cook so much for them that when I'm by myself, I kind of keep it very simple. Me too. Like just, salad. Yeah. Just a quick little... Yeah. Or make a little soup yeah. or or pick up something on the way home. But some yeah. of your recipes in here look like I would cook them myself, and I can't wait to try to do some of these like the pork chops. I mean, I can cook that and eat that yeah. a couple of days, yeah, yeah, yeah. even for myself. It's like, I have some of the recipes and I was like, you know, this would be easy just to even cook for myself and, and meal prep for the week, you know, oh. instead of doing the fast food or eating in front of the couch, you know, yes. on the TV. Yes, so. especially over the weekend, you can just uh, create, you know, two or three meals yeah. and, and either freeze it or put it in the fridge for two, three days and eat it you know when you're busy and you don't yeah. want to really cook and just pull it out of your freezer you know well yeah sometimes like you know i mean i like to cook for other people i think shay does too like i mean do you cook for yourself shay like if it's just you at the house um i don't know i'm trying to think it'll be something if i'm gonna cook for myself it'll probably be something small like maybe i want um you know, toast with eggs and avocado, if I'm going to cook for myself. But yeah, like the big meals, it's usually for the, for the kids, mostly. In your book, you talk about honest food. What do you mean by honest food? Honest food is when I know what I'm putting inside mm. the dish. You know, I know that I put so-and-so and it's just tomatoes and it's just me. There's no preservatives there is no extra stuff okay. that you pick up in the frozen section you gotcha. know and it lasts forever um i bake my own bread sometimes and so i know it's really honest there's four ingredients in it you know <laughs> you can't get that more natural yes and i try to be good and buy lots of organic stuff we also grow some uh in in our backyard um nikki used to be a big gardener a few years a couple years ago he <laughs> he grew everything he had so many vegetables so that was wonderful um yeah so we that's that's what i mean by honest you know yeah. that you really know what you're putting into your body yeah. you know and um you have control over it yeah. because you cook it yourself so like when I'm cooking for or entertaining, I like the this is the designer in me. I have to make sure that all the dishes look good together. Oh, absolutely. you know, like because we eat with our eyes yes, too, right? Yes. yes. So like, um, I want to talk a little bit about um, styling for food and the table and stuff like that. Because like when I entertain, there's certain things that I have to have. Like if I have a red dish, I have to have something green on the side mm -hmm. so then I can color balance that on the table. Do you think a lot about color when doing recipes and entertaining together? And not necessarily about the color, unless it's uh, dishes, you know, that they kind of. I like to always do this bohemian style, kind of, you know, mixing it all together, different colors. But the food itself, um, it's more as a theme. Like, for example, I like to cook Lebanese food. So okay. I do chicken shawarma, I do uh, tzatziki, I do, you know, a fetouche salad. And so I, I create a theme, yeah. you know, of food that kind of goes together, like rice and chicken. Yeah. You know, baba yeah. ganoush, whatever you know, whatever it is. So, or Italian, right? Yeah. So you have the bread, you have a dipping, a dipping oil with all the herbs and of garlic, course. and you have pasta. So I always kind of stick with the with the uh, the theme or you know the yeah. country where it's from. You know the authenticity. <laughs> of it. Yeah. 
you know, there was, um, I think Shay and I also wanted to ask, we love charcuterie boards. Mm -hmm. And I, we know that you do some of that in your book. Yes, yes. And can you give us like, if I'm just starting off, let's say I'm entertaining like four people or maybe my COVID pod's coming over and you're doing like, you know, four or five people. Right. What do, what does a charcuterie board usually have and how do you pair it with things? So you want to make it really attractive, right? Okay. Because uh, if that's the main thing, there's no other dishes, you want to really make it pretty. And uh, for everybody, if you have yeah. a vegetarian, if you know, so there should be cheeses, there should be meat. Um, I usually do three or four different cheeses, soft consistency, hard consistency, blue cheese. Okay. One of my favorite cheeses is Pelagio. Mm -hmm. I just love that cheese. It's creamier, you know. Then you want to have some kind of a... Um, crackers or okay. breadsticks or fresh bread baguette um then you want to have even some dry fruits and fresh fruit you know okay. i usually use apricots or nuts you know yeah. and pecans and they can be um they can be flavored you know with different spices um then um grapes yeah. and do all you kinds of things honey what do you, do you usually do um, with like blue cheese or isn't it blue cheese that you usually do honey with or well I, everybody likes something different you know yeah. so I always have the honey but I also have fig preserve okay. so I'm so fortunate because in my backyard I have a big fig tree yes, you do. <laughs> and every year if the squirrels don't attack it <laughs> Uh, I get figs and I make this is actually in my book, the very simple recipe for a fig preserve. Really? And I make those absolutely delicious fig crostinis. And it's a, it's a toasted baguette, you okay. know, thinly sliced. And then you put whipped goat cheese on top. Oh. And then you put this fig preserve that is just so simple and so divine. But what makes it is the little twist again. I put a piece of thyme on, on top, okay. fresh thyme okay. from my garden or from my pots. And the, the combination of the thyme with the whipped goat cheese and a, and a, and a crostini with the preserve, it it's just so, so delicious. And every so time good. I have somebody over and I do it, um, you know, I, everybody just, this is the first thing that it's gone because it's so tasty. Everybody loves cheese, I think. Everybody, I, I, I everybody mean, loves cheese. I mean, cheese and bread, <laughs> right? Wrong. Glass of wine with it. You're good. That's all you need. Oh. <laughs> A lot of people, I guess, don't really think about the, well, maybe they do. But the entertaining and hosting part is just sometimes very int intimidating. Um, do you have any like simple tips that you can give people? Um, because cooking, it's a, you know, the cooking part is a huge part, of course. But then it's like setting the table, making sure everything looks great, and then making everybody feel comfortable. Um, it's a skill set of its own. It is. And it's a lot of pressure because mm -hmm. everybody everything to be kind of perfect right but what i do what i've learned um don't leave it till the day off no. you know do some preparation day before if there is a dish that you could do day before do it day before put it in a refrigerator set up the table or have your dishes ready day before that way you don't have to stress about it you know um 
that's that's what I do. Or start in the morning and already start prepping, chopping the vegetables. That takes probably the longest time. Yeah. If I put everything and I chop stuff and I put it in the little dishes and containers, it makes it so much easier to later on to actually prepare the meal. Yeah. You know, and so that's what I do. I if I have friends over and it's a little bit of a bigger production. I try to do it day before, like at least half of it, okay. or create meals that they are not uh, so much time consuming. Yeah. You know, like the charcuterie board. Mm. You could even yeah. do it day before yeah, and just cover it with a saran wrap and put it in a fridge, you know, or yeah. make it really simple so you don't stress out and you have time for yourself and your guests arrive. You don't have to just, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not sweating, ready. Like, I'm sweating, like running yeah, around yeah. in the kitchen and you things are on really fire. You really enjoy it, you know? And that's the whole part of it that a lot of people stress out mm. because they're not ready and they're not prepared and they don't feel good because they're not, you know, 100% yeah. uh, put together. So don't leave it till the last minute. Just do the preparation before, you know, and... I never really thought about it, but you're right. The the cutting and the like, I guess the prep cooking yeah. takes. I, I don't that really think about it. It takes a long time to cut yeah. the onion, get them diced up, and if you have it already, like, yeah. If you have it already, then you're cutting half the time exactly. out. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Your point about um, being prepared for me, it drives me crazy when someone invites me to their place for dinner, and it's like several people coming. And they're still like running around doing stuff. And it's like, I came here to enjoy dinner with you. And now you're like, oh my gosh, I need to get this out of the oven. Oh my gosh, I didn't do this. And then you're just like, huh, okay. So we're all supposed to sit around and wait for you to get it together. Like, how about you get it together before we all arrive? I, for me, it's a pet peeve of mine. Even for me, like when my guests arrive, I don't want to be running around getting everything. Yeah. You want to enjoy the company you want to enjoy your party um you know as everybody else you know so that's 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 what i do um i i have learned i have learned not to leave everything like an hour or two hours before you know do it day day before or that morning you know so and i also think like for me if i never try a new dish with new people mm -hmm. like i have maybe seven recipes that i know back and forth <laughs> that i cook I know what to get, but like, if I'm gonna have anybody over, I'm gonna do a test run. I won't invite Shay, cause I'll be running around <laughs> crazy. <laughs> but I do a test run on that dish and I can't wait to try out some of your dishes. I mean, yeah, me they too. look amazing. And the photography, I'm gonna say it again, looks, your styling has played such a big part in how this book is laid out. Mm -hmm. um, but another question on entertaining, if you could invite any four people that are alive mm -hmm. to a dinner party, mm -hmm. who would they be and what would you serve? Okay, so I have a few people that I absolutely adore, right? Um, one of them would be probably Deepak Chopra. Oh, <laughs> I love him. I love I him. Yeah. Listen to him almost every day on his love affirmations. Yes. And so I would yeah. just sit there and just admire him. And <laughs> Get his, get his beautiful, peaceful energy because I'm so hyper. So I need that kind of, uh, you know, kind of like just, yes, peacefulness. Um, definitely would like to talk to him about spirituality. Yeah. And uh, I would probably serve him, um, 
I don't know, maybe my curry. I don't know, okay. something, something exotic. I don't know. I don't know what I would really serve them, but I have to say that whoever tastes my food, I think they can feel the love. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be elaborate recipe, but I don't know what it is. Everybody tells me this looks, this just tastes so good. It's so full of love. You yeah, know? you can really <laughs> taste stuff like that. Like when people really care about stuff. I mean, yeah. I feel that when I cook for somebody, I hope that they feel the love. Like you were talking about earlier, like it's it's going to the market, getting the flowers for the table, and then making sure that you have the wine that you like with this meal. And it's funny, you can make grilled cheese for some people and they'll love it because you made it. I think um, creative expression, whether it's in the form of food or art or whatever it may be, is really powerful because it's sharing a part of yourself with someone. And like to you guys speaking about the love you put in the food, anytime you create, you're sharing a part of yourself. You're sharing, a, you know, some love and um, self-expression that you share with other people. And it's like, hope you guys like it. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. And I think it's so funny. I think, you know, um, to be creative and to create a book like this, with the photography that you've done. I mean, it does show how much you care about each dish mm-hmm. and how you care about how the dish is presented. And it's not just about the dish, it's about mm-hmm. the plate that goes on it. It's about all the little mm-hmm. stories that you could tell the whole day of making this. And mm-hmm. I just, we love how you tell the stories through here. And I am just really impressed that this is your first cookbook. <laughs> well. Thank you so much. I think I will improve the second one. I, if I ever do second one, you know, this um, I'm not a trained chef, so I hope that people um, forgive me uh, just a few little mistakes that they are in the book. But uh, you know, I'm I'm not a chef, so I I wrote it as as I was feeling it. You know that this is how I do recipes, yeah. and so. Hopefully, people will find joy and inspiration in it. You know, so I'm I'm super excited to, to share it with people for sure. Well, we're so glad that you're sharing. Everybody, Louis back. He had left for a little bit. He came back to join us. Um, you were saying you're not a chef. As far as we're concerned, and as far as anyone who'll pick up your book is concerned, you are a chef for sure. What we're curious to know is where do you see yourself or hope to see yourself in the next, let's say, five years? Like, what is the like? What you do so much. It's like, we can't wait to see what the next thing you're going to be doing is going to be. Yes, 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 yes. And I was thinking about it really hard because I was, I was just digging really deeply in me. What do I want to do? What, what is the purpose? You know, so I created this book. I have passion for food and I realized I'm a homemaker, you know, I'm a, I'm a mother, I'm a homemaker. I'm a stylist, and what would really make Paulina happy? What would the Bohemian yeah. Beach be happy with? And I think I got it. You know, yeah. I I think I need to continue creating more recipes, more books, more more things, uh, inspire people. But I I really see myself um, doing cooking classes mm. and interacting with people. Maybe move um, to the countryside and have a kitchen, uh, almost like a industrial yeah. kitchen slash garden 
with chickens because <laughs> I have chicken and um, and turkey right in now. my backyard right now. So I think I see myself somewhere where I can actually share this with people. That's beautiful. And I be a host, yeah. you know, and and yeah. uh, maybe have on a weekend. I was thinking uh, uh, dinners for people, you know, invite them and have parties, wine pairing. Um, yeah. lessons, cooking school, something like that, the garden. classes for two days or something. Yes, yeah. yes, and, and kind of like a, almost a bed and breakfast. That would be perfect for me with, you know, dinner and out in the country yeah. and with my That's hospitality, because I love people, you know, and I, I think this is my purpose. And I would also like to have an orchard or, you know, I, I for some reason I see this huge Tuscan table. <laughs> Behind me is this kitchen that is completely, you know, the house is completely open with a huge island and I'm cooking and inviting people over. And I see chickens walking in and out. And I see this beautiful sunflower field and a big oak tree. And, you know, yeah. and people come from the city and they join me and they want to spend maybe a day or two out in the country and experience this uh, this farm life or whatever, you know? Yeah. But I love that idea of people coming to you and, you know, cause you do have a calming um, energy, but you also have like, you know, just even to cook with you, just be like, hey, we're coming to cook. We don't know what we're cooking today. We got some apples and yes. then just having fun with it. Yes. Letting people know how much fun it is and have simple dishes and to cook together. To cooking together is one of my favorite things with my mom. Yeah. I still love it today to cook with my mom. She's yeah. It will always be connects. Yeah. You have a connection with your mom because you make something together. That's right. Yeah, That's and, right. Then, and then you enjoy, yeah. and then you share the beautiful stories. Yeah, and, and you, you laugh, and you laugh and about you the childhood. That's right. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people want to do a lot of things. I have friends who want to pursue certain passions they have. Right. This wasn't on our question sheet, but I'm curious to know, like, how do you deal with fear? Because I love the way you visualize, because I'm all about visualizing and affirmations. And I love that you see it, right? They say that's the first part. But there's always, a lot of people have the fear, right? Of, can I actually do it? Um, it's maybe fear, it's confidence. Like, I love the way you say it, in the way that it, as if it's already there, like you expect it. And it's like, you somehow have managed to deal with that fear or lack of confidence thing? How do you do that? Yeah, well, the fear, fear factor. Um, I guess then you follow your passion mm. and you know that this is what you, you, you are meant to do. Mm. I think you overcome this fear. Like you, you get over it. You kind of just talk about what ignites you what what yeah. do you you know you, it's your passion you'll find your tribe you know yeah. you'll find the people that are passionate with you on it exactly it's, exactly it's i think uh when it comes from here there's nothing that can go wrong right you know and i have to say the very first thing when i started this book i had a little notebook that i was writing my thoughts and ideas and the very first thing that i and i wrote in it was don't be afraid to fail be afraid not to try. Mm. Love that. And I think that really every time I would open the book, I would see it because there were days that they were not easy. <laughs> and I would just say, why am I doing this? What if I don't sell one single copy? Yeah. 
Right. What if I lose money on this? What if it never goes anywhere? And all the effort and energy and time and money I spend on it goes nowhere. Mm. But I did it because I, I believe that I have to share and inspire people. And I wanted to do it so badly. And I think that people, when you really know that it's right, you know it. Yeah. It's like with relationship, you know, you meet yeah. somebody, somebody, and you say, this is my person. This is, I yeah. know I'm going to marry this person yeah. or be forever. You just know it. So I had lots of ideas over the years and we all go through those stages. Oh, this is it. This is it. But it's not really it because no. you, you, go, you, you have always excuses, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, today I can't do this. Oh, the, I don't have the money. I don't have the energy. I don't have the... With the book, I woke up one night when I got the idea. I woke up and I said, this is it. I can't even sleep. I think about it 24-7. Yeah. I was dreaming ideas. It was almost like the universe was talking to me and I was manifesting it. I was like, this is it. And I, from that moment, I could not sleep. I could not do anything <laughs> except thinking about it. And I got... I was on fire. Yeah. So I think then you know what the what what is the idea and and you follow your dream and you you you're so focused. I think that you can achieve anything you want. And I finally get it because I did it. Yeah. Right. Before I had no idea, you know. So it's, then you know you know. <laughs> you know, it's funny what you were saying earlier. Um, a wise man once told me a long time ago, don't live on what if. Because if you lived on that what if, you would have never produced this. You would have never seen what happened. If it would have failed, if it would not have failed, and it's right. not going to fail, it's right. going to do very well. Um, <laughs> but you can't live on that fear of failing. Of failing, Because if yes. you do, you'll never do anything. You'll never do you'll anything. Never do anything. And there's so many excuses every day. You have so many excuses, distractions, mm -hmm. but you have to keep continuing going because you have to follow your dreams. And if you believe in it, even if it doesn't do well, you did it for yourself. Right. And you showed yourself your limits, you know, you stepped out of your comfort zone. And I, I have a funny story. I just remember I was shooting this sorbet, you know, it's a peach strawberry sorbet with basil sugar. I gave it a little twist. And you can freeze it and you make it into margaritas. You can do oh, nice. you can do anything <laughs> with it. But I've shot this sorbet three days. And it was middle of summer in Georgia, and it's hot and steamy. Oh, and I'm shooting it outside. If you can find you have, a picture, you yeah, find a picture. Um, it's in the in the book, right? Oh, it's right here, I think. And um, so I'm shooting this sorbet. Uh, there is another picture. And um and I'm outside and the sun is setting down and I know there's like a special light for it. And, you know, I'm like there with a reflector and my phone and I'm shooting it and it melts. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. about a hundred mosquitoes on me oh my gosh. because it's very mosquito in my backyard and I'm getting eaten and I'm hot and sweaty and the sorbet is melting. And I did it three days. The same time because it had to be the special special life for that. Uh -huh. And I'm I'm just like going crazy. I'm like, okay, not today. I have to put it back in the freezer because now it's water. <laughs> so I did it three days. 
And if I gave up and like, you know what, I can't do this. This is just too much work, you know, and most of the stuff I created myself. So I was, it was really challenging because I did a lot of things that, you know, it takes a team to do those things, but I kept going. I kept going. Cause I was like, I'm going to get you sorbet. Uh, you can't <laughs> mess with me. I'll show you. So that's it. That's, that's it. it. And it's by the pool, you know, by, and, and it was all fun. starting out. But I waited three days for this shot. So I just want to tell you, it wasn't easy. But you know what? I think it's so great that you're sharing that with our viewers and um, our listeners. Because people always think that, like, when they see the final product, you have something in your hand, like, yeah, you're like, oh, this is beautiful. But people don't know how much work and time and pushing through and, like, what you, like, you could have given up after the first day and said, okay, you know what, I'll just do something else. But you fought for that sorbet shot and look at how it turned out, gorgeous. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So there's many stories like that. And I still, uh, you know, and there were days, of course, when I was just, didn't do one thing. Like there was a one day and I was just like, I, 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 I need a break. I need, yeah. I need to rethink, I need to, rejuvenate from it you know i need to kind of just get take a deep breath so there will be days when you will doubt yourself then you'll be like why am i doing this i'm tired i don't want to do this yeah and then you wake up in the morning because i'm an optimist you know oh you then, are yes and then the coffee kicks <laughs> in and i'm like let's do it let's oh do my it God. how many times on the set have i heard that and i've been like oh my god please be quiet <laughs> Just. <laughs> that energy on set and yes. I appreciate it yes. but yeah I, I think that everybody has to go that with Shay and I I mean yeah that's what I was yeah. yeah I was about to say yeah. that he go through that yeah. too like all you the know, time where like, oh my gosh I just need a day away right. but yeah. then you always have to start it again you always have to start yeah. Yeah. again yeah but then even what you said about when you know it's right with creator couldn't sleep, couldn't think about anything. And we still have our moments where like when we have a new guest coming on, we are like, we're like, we're supposed to be working on like work things that, you know, bring us money consistently and we're still focused on creator. So when it feels right, the excuses fly out the window and you get things done. You just get it done. And, you know, sometimes like how you were talking earlier about mistakes, we make mistakes all the time. But the thing is, is you, you learn from right. them and that's you right. Nobody's do perfect. it. Yeah. This book is not perfect, yeah. but that's what it's about. Life is not yeah. perfect. You know, I'm not Martha Stewart. I don't have uh, 30 people running, you know, this and doing this. This is a, almost a one man show, you know? <laughs> well, woman. yeah, one woman, <laughs> one woman show. But uh, yes, of course, the design and uh, photography from Tim and all the, you know, all the writing and stuff. Um, there's other people in, involved, but, you yeah. know, 80% of it is pretty much just me. So, and that's what I want to show people. It, you don't have to be perfect. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's just yeah. have to be authentic. Yeah. It's just have to be you and you have to have fun throughout the process and really enjoy the ride, you know. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I see you on TV. I see you having your own show, like a cooking show, like, you know, but I don't want to even call it a cooking show because there's so many other things that you would do. I just don't see you being limited by cooking, yes. Right? 
<laughs> like it wouldn't just be cooking and be like, oh, today we're gonna do these drinks and we're gonna make a dress. I don't know. You do everything. Like that's right. And then I would be fixing people's yeah. tie and doing their makeup and, <laughs> and putting the flowers in a pot and styling the set because that's just how I yeah. am. <laughs> well, I think you would be great having your own show and stuff like that. And I think that this is your first step. You know? Yeah. Yes. And I think that you are going to be very, very successful with anything you touch. I agree 100%. So our last question that we always have to ask, and we love to hear what people have to say, what does being a creator mean to you? It means everything. Being a creative person to me is like giving me a glass of water. Every day, if I don't create something, I feel unproductive. I feel, I don't feel myself. I, I have to create. Every single day there is something. If it's an Instagram post, if it's a little something styling wise or, or inspiring somebody or to, you know, talking about art, seeing art, getting inspired. I love that answer. I agree with you. I mean, that's half the reason I'm a designer. There's every day I have to be able to touch something, to create something. Whether even it's just a color of a font or right. whatever, I just need a little creativity every day. Yes, that's, Otherwise, that's I, being I would artists, yeah. right? We are creators, I we are artists. will and die. That's right, so. that's right. With that being said, uh, Pauline, where can people find the Bohemian Peach, A Taste of Home? How can they get your cookbook? Right. So you can either go to the website, which is www.thebohemianpeach.com, and you can see pictures, you can see, you know, a little bio about me and all kinds of things, and you can click and order right there. Uh, in the future, there will be uh, books on Amazon. Uh, you can also see me or find me on Instagram, uh, the underscore bohemian underscore peach. Um, please follow me. Thank you. Yes, her <laughs> recipes on there are great. Her personality yes. is great on there. You see more and more of her. And thank you so much for being on the show, Paulina. We have thoroughly enjoyed you, and we hope to hear more from you. And there better be another book or a show soon. <laughs> oh yeah, I have. I have a feeling this is not the last we're gonna hear of Paulina and Josh. You know my saying: we got her first. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well guys thank you so much for having me on your show i appreciate it i've been watching you i love you and thank you so much it means a lot thank oh, you thanks. well everybody remember it's more than art it's life imagine, imagine more <laughs>